Blog Talk Radio. Hello and greetings to everyone everywhere that is within the sound of my voice tonight on the Psychic Inside Show. Welcome to tonight's broadcast. My name is Joelle. I am the Vibrarian. And I'm here to try to help uplift and elevate and empower you with information that I hope that you'll find positive and uplifting. Our radio show is where we get a chance every week to hear from people who have decided to explore what their psychic gifts and abilities are and have followed the journey down the path of self-discovery in interesting ways. So, uh, as I said, my name is Joelle, and we are on the Vibrary Radio Network. You can find us and connect with the community, the Good Vibe Tribe, on Facebook at The Vibrarian, that's V-I-B-E-R-A-R-I-A-N, where we're all about uplifting each other and spreading positive news, information, and affirmations. Um, I'm also on Instagram, where you can follow along as I capture moments that are interesting and synchronistic out in this world of ours. And, of course, every Tuesday night, you can always call in here to the Psychic Inside Show. Our phone number is 646-668-8988. And our shows are going to last about two hours. During the first half, we're going to interview our special guests of the evening. And then in the second half of the show tonight, we are going to be fortunate enough to be able to have some mini readings where you get a one-question reading with our guests tonight. So I'm really excited for you to join in our broadcast. And without any further delay, let us get started. When I thought about having a radio show to be able to talk about psychic lives, I started looking around at the people that I knew, and these are friends that I have made over the years, people who I've had professional relationships with, and I always would find myself sitting there on the edge of my seat as they would be telling me little stories about a time when their psychic gift came through, and I would be sitting on the edge of my seat, like, so curious as to know more, like, what does it look like, feel like, and uh, what does your reality look like when you have embraced something that a lot of mainstream, let's face it, mainstream thinking has not necessarily embraced the realm of psychic or extrasensory thought or perception. So I wanted to come with the show that allowed other people to also kind of get a peek behind the veil, just like I was curious to do. So uh, one of the people who I just knew I wanted to have on because I wanted to learn more is a young, young lady that I know by the name of Hadia. And Hadia is um, a wonderfully gifted psychic medium and all around just sweet, loving spirit that I had the fortunate uh, to meet here in Atlanta. And I met her just a few years ago, but during that, since that time, her knowledge and wisdom that she has shared with me has just been immeasurable, and I have been so excited to call up and share things with her from time to time.
time. So, Hadia, I would like to welcome you to tonight's show, to the Psychic Inside Show. How are you doing? Hello. Thank you. I'm great. Thanks. I'm, um, <laughs> like, happy to be on the show and glad that I'm, um, you know, the first guest. It's exciting. <laughs> Well, Hadia, I wanted to definitely find more about your story and share with others some of your gifts and your abilities. So in your bio, which uh, your bio is quite impressive, but it might be filled with words that you're not used to seeing in the average LinkedIn profile. For instance, you say that you are uh, fluent in the angelic light language and you're an angel communicator, right? So that's not a Microsoft Office proficient. That's not a network certification. That's a whole different kind of way of talking about your skills and your abilities. So, so let's right. start from Hadia in, in your own words as to who you are and kind of a little description of your gift. Who I am? Well, um, always, I think at the like the essence of me and who we all are are light beings. You know, we are divinely created, and you know, we are all energy. So I see myself as this energy light, a spirit um, that inhabits the body. Um, but you know, like so, angel communicator and light worker, um, these different things, but it sounds kind of far off, but really we all, you know, those, those who have some level of, um, spiritual connection or belief in something, we all in a way are angel communicators, you know, we, we, through prayer, you know, so it's not really as far off as people kind of want to seem, um, you know, I kind of look at myself really as just a normal person who likes to have fun, you know, and, and, you know, I, 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 I'm kind of like, I kind of have a dry sense of humor and, you know, sarcastic sometimes. But, you know, so it's like my personality is just really kind of like average, you know, like your normal person. Uh, I don't know that I'm average. Let me take that back. I'm, I'm kind of quirky in, my, in the way that my, my humor is. But um, but the gift in and of itself um, is just the ability and knowing how to communicate um with, within that light, within that divine light that we all inhabit. Um, people usually only want, you know, know how to communicate from the body aspect, but um, we are body and spirit. So it's really understanding how to communicate utilizing that spirit energy. And um, that's kind of like what I've learned how to hone in on. So how does one go from... Oh, an email is a way that you receive communication in a corporate environment versus then switching over to an environment where you get an angelic message. You know, that is 
that is right. an interesting thing because in this in the community where the word psychic and ESP and things like that are not uncommon, it is not any kind of issue for someone to say uh, to have a channeling or have just spoken with their angels or their gods. It's a language that's very common in this community but sounds very foreign, I think, when you step outside of it because all of a sudden you have people talking about what in that world might be deemed as supernatural or impossible in some mindset. Mm-hmm. So how, right. you know, are you a teenager who you're, un, you're all of a sudden are understanding that you're receiving these angelic messages or, what, you know, how did you discover your ability? Well, okay. Um, what I would say is, well, I'll tell you about my experience, but my my understanding as well. Okay. Um, I feel as though there's, there's a level of um, like general communication that we're, we all innately have that, and that actually isn't even tapped into. And that's what we call our intuition. Okay. And the intuition is a form, you know, I, yeah, it's a form of your own personal clairvoyant abilities, your own, you know, psychic abilities. And, and then there's also like a heightened level um, where it's kind of like maybe a gift that's given to you. So I, my first was when I was around six years old and it was a mediumship gift. So this was the time when I was living um, down in Miami with my father or homestead. He was in the military. And my extended family, his, um, my grandparents, uncles, and all of them lived here in Atlanta. So at that time when I was six, I was like in love with my great-grandfather, my papa. And we had such a close bond, you know, whenever I would come to Atlanta. So um, at this time, I was in Florida, and I was in my bed asleep, and I was just thinking maybe he came to visit, you know, but I was woken up out of my sleep by him. And he said that he was coming to give me a hug and a kiss and to tell me that he was leaving. And... um, not really understand because I saw him and he just looked the way he always looked, you know. So um, I gave him a hug and a kiss, but um, I didn't know that he had came, you know, for him to tell me goodbye, you know, I, I would mm-hmm. expect that he, I would have said hello first, you know. <laughs> but right. he gave me a hug and a kiss and he said, um, you know, he was going to tell me goodbye. And I was like, okay. So I gave him the hug and the kiss. And I get up in the morning, and I see my dad in the kitchen, and I run to him, and I say, Daddy, Daddy, you know, where's Papa? Which is what I called my great-grandfather. And he says, what are you talking about? And I told my uh, dad, I said, well, Papa was here last night, and he gave me a hug and kiss goodbye. I said, why did he leave? Where did he go? And he said, baby, Papa uh, died last night. 
And, you know, it was so odd because he came, and when I saw him, he was, like, clear as day. He didn't look any different from when I would always go visit him. So I said, he could have died because he was just in my room last night. I gave him a hug and a kiss. And uh, But lo and behold, yes, he had passed away, and that was him, you know, just telling me he was ascending. So um, that was my first memorable um, experience. Um, and I for our listeners, yeah. you spoke of the word mediumship. So would you give your definition or understanding of mediumship? Well, mediumship really is just the ability to communicate to um, an ascend, uh, ascended spirit, one a spirit where it has left the body and transcended into a full spirit. So when people pass away, um, they leave the body, but their spirit, you know, um, goes into a, a realm, you know. So All right. you're just able to communicate to the spirit even though it's left the body. And it doesn't so necessarily it's, have it's, to be um, a person with mediumship. A mediumship is just the ability to communicate with energy that is outside of the body. So that also includes angelic realm or, you know, family members um, and so on and so forth. So I was wondering about that because I had read that so every everyone is psychic, but not everyone is a medium. Not every psychic is a medium or some similar right. way. Right, so because mediumship doesn't mean you have clairvoyant abilities. You know, when you're a psychic, um, and psychic abilities come in different forms, but there's the ability to, like, see this, um, what may be happening, you know, down the road or in the future. Um, you can see things within the moment. Um, you can feel things, hear things. You know, there's just different types of psychic abilities. But um, so you can foresee things. Mediumship is just the ability of communication with spirit energy or light energy. It, you don't so necessarily like you see the it, future. It could be angelic energy or fifth dimensional energy. It does not have to have been corporal, like a person who passed on from the earthly energy only, like what we would normally deem like a ghost right. or similar. Okay. Right. That's very interesting. You find there's so many um, definitions and understandings of even what to call, and I think that's just because it's such a unique and individual way that people bring their gifts forward in a way that is shaped wholly and completely by their experience and their whole family experience growing up, you know, in an environment that either was or was not tolerant of, of things like, like what happened after you had that experience at six? Did, did anything else behind it continue to happen where you had other incidents or was it forgotten in the midst of time? Or? Um, well, you know, when you're a child, I guess, things, you know, you see you see both worlds and it just seems normal, right? Um, so I guess trying to say like an experience that I remember, you know, that just seemed out of the ordinary or, 
you know, that kind of stuck with me was around the age of eight. And so um, being where I was, it was my birthday, and my dad had taken me to um, Disney World. So, you know, it was like so hot, and the sky was blue, not a cloud in the sky, you know. And we're going through and walking down the alleyway. And I look up and I say, Daddy, wouldn't it be weird if it just started raining? And about a minute later, just this downpour out of nowhere, just whoosh, just came through. And we mm-hmm. ran up underneath, you know, to one of the storefronts to get, un- you know, out of the rain. And he just looks at me. And I thought he was angry. <laughs> I-, I think that's why this memory stuck out, because I thought he was mad at me because I made it rain or something. So um, I said, Daddy, I didn't mean to make it rain. You know, so I, I, I don't want it to rain. So about, like, a minute and a half later, everything stopped and it dried up. And it looked as though it never rained. You know, it's so hot. It's like all the moisture was gone. But, yeah, and he just was like, seriously? And I didn't know anything was weird or abnormal about that. It just stuck out to me, I remember, at that time, because I thought, wow, Daddy's looking at me like, like you know, I made it rain. <laughs> like it, there was something wrong with that, like I did something wrong. <laughs> but um, right. that was around the age of eight. Um, but I think um, what ended up having my dad um, and parent, well, my parents had gotten a divorce around that time when my grandfather had passed, my great-grandfather had passed. And I was spending a lot of time um, traveling back and forth to Atlanta. And, you know, you get around the environment of, you know, I was staying with my grandparents at the time and um, Southern Baptist type of church environment where, you know, at least from them, you know, and it was like everything was, you know, the devil (laughs) almost. You know, they have some superstitions at this time. So really, I started to close my gifts off because, you know, I didn't want anything to be associated with the devil. (laughs) So I was like, oh, gosh, you know, well, I don't want the devil. So I just stopped not understanding that this was, you know, a gift, um, a spiritual gift, and that it was to be explored and expanded. So... um, I don't. I don't think that's an uncommon experience for people to to look at belief systems that they are brought up with. That at some point in your life you start to look at are those belief systems fitting with who I feel that I am at a fundamental level, and that's across any topic. You know, I think uh, we just have to figure out when who we are doesn't fit the mold that we were given or expected to fill, you know, uh, they, I know when I went to college, they didn't have a clairvoyance 101 and how to run your psychic <laughs> business class in the, in the business school, you know, they didn't have right. intuitive counseling and spiritual guidance in the school of social work. Well, <laughs> you know, what I think is I, I think a lot of times what happens is that we're taught not to tap into our intuitive selves, you know, just coming into the world. It doesn't matter if it's religion or society. It's, you know, 
even animals have instincts, and their instincts are for their, you know, survival and self-preservation, you know, just as ours are. That's what our intuition is. It gives us the survival and preservation and um, being able to do that which serves our highest good. But we're told when we come into this world, don't question anything. Do as I say. Follow the rules. Stay within the circle. Don't expand, you know. And, you know, even with religion, it's like, okay, you you can only accept this and you can only do that. And if you go outside of the circle of this, then you're completely wrong. And so you're taught to follow the rules. Don't listen to your intuition because it breaks the rules. One of so my you cut it off. One of my favorite books is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And he talks about the process from birth as being one of domestication where you're tamed, you know, to be conforming as you talk about. And it's any number of structures, as you said. But I think that we are in a new space and a time and an energy where we are seeing people stepping out of the mold and stepping into very unique ways of doing who they are and bringing their gift, even if their gift is a non-traditional type of labeled way of being, people are now stepping out from that. And they're also fostering in children who look at things differently, who are very artistic and creative and different in the energy that's out right now. There is an acceptance of that that 50 years ago was not accessible to us. You know, definitely. Oh, I mean, and isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? But, you know, there's still, at least um, within the Western society, within the Western world, it's like, even for me, it was difficult to publicly, publicly say, yes, I'm clairvoyant. Yes, you know, I'm psychic. Yes, you know, I have gifts and abilities. It was difficult to do that because of being raised in the church. Um, You know, my father, he was uh, a minister, an elder within the church. Um, My family, you know, very heavily into um, the Christian church belief system. And personally, I I accept Christ. Um, This is my own, you know, through my own um, spiritual walk. I accept Christ. I know Christ to be real. So it's not a matter of not believing in Christ for me, but it's the understanding of the spiritual development. And when you put in the religion aspect and people's thought process of, you know, what is spirituality and, you know, starting to talk about clairvoyance and they start thinking about all the other stuff they associate, you know, in evil and voodoo and the devil and, you know, these horrendous demonic spirits coming at you and, They think that that's what you're dealing in. But to everything, there is a polarity. So if you're working in the light, then you're working with light beings. You know, if you're dwelling in darkness, then you're going to be with the dark dark energy. You know, and so I think it's people's misunderstanding and, and their programming of understanding what spirituality is um, and, and its connection to clairvoyance. You know, there, there's light and there's darkness, of course. But it's, it doesn't have to be such a horrible, you know. 
Well, I think that it's very interesting when you talk about the tension between, uh, say, old ideologies and new realities. And uh, you're, we're on this evening with Hadia of Hadia Talks. This is the Psychic Inside show, and uh, my name is Joelle. I'm your host this evening, and we're having a conversation about what it is like in the modern day and time to be uh, out of the closet, I guess you would uh, say, and have your light turned on as a person who is uh, openly acknowledging of their psychic and abilities. And so, uh, Hadia, thank you for joining us tonight. Our phone number is 646-668-8988. We do have some people listening in this evening over the phone line. Thank you, callers. If you have a question about uh, the story, then just press 1. And later on in the show, if you would like to have a one-question meeting reading, then press 1. That will be coming up in our second hour of programming. So, Hadia, thank you again. Uh, Hadia Talks is her community on Facebook. You can click on over to find lots of helpful posts with quick tips for how to live better and elevate your consciousness. Hadia, thank you for posting those on your page. I know I follow along uh, to get the knowledge that you share. Now, you mentioned about, you know, having a family environment that came from a religious tradition, and at some point then you had to acknowledge or you felt compelled to acknowledge that you had a psychic gift and ability. So what, what does that conversation look like? Are, how old were you and what, you know, how did you emerge wow. into your current place, if you don't mind <laughs> sharing? So I think when I was a teenager, um, like I really, really started being drawn back into the whole spiritual aspect of things, right? You know, and always being amazed at the gifts that, um, well, the Bible calls him Jesus. I don't say that that's his name. For me, his name is Yeshua. But looking at these miracles and then saying, okay, well, you know, and in the Bible it's saying, well, these gifts I have, you know, or these what is it, these miracles or gifts that I have, you can do as well and even greater. And I was like, well, how come I'm not doing it? And, and mm. you know, and what, what's going on? How come people, you know, can't just, like, automatically heal people? And how come these prayers aren't working? You know, all these different things. I was like, where's the disconnect? Because I kept, I kept being pulled, you know, and wanting to hear and it's like wanting to hear and have conversations outside of, you know, um, myself. I wanted to talk to spirit, you know. And so I had gone to my um, – I was living in Germany at this time. And I went to my youth pastor and I asked him, I said, well, you know, how do you hear, like literally hear the voice of God? And, you know, he quoted me the Bible and says, well – the Bible says, my sheep know my voice. And that's all he said. I was devastated because I didn't, I'm asking him, I'm like, how, how do you know? And you're telling me, well, he said, my sheep know my voice, and I don't know the voice, so apparently I'm not in the, I'm not in fold. Mm-hmm. So I, I was devastated. But 
I was still drawn, you know, like always like looking at these paranormal things, um, movies or shows and always interested in um, psychic things. And I just couldn't stop this draw, this interest towards it. But at the same time, you know, the at least my experiences with church, that's not something you go into, you know. Um, so it's it's like you teeter and go back and forth, but I kept having, like, these deja vu experiences. Um, and it's, it's like this tugging. Well, I had been going through that all the way up through my 20s and 30s, and um, it was maybe about when I hit about age 36 that um, I said, okay, I'm going to actually, you know, I started talking to God, and I'm like, okay, you know, if you're real, you need to show me that you're real, because apparently, you know, all these gifts and stuff that the Bible says you're supposed to have, and I knew I had experiences in the past, but I couldn't tap into it. I was like, you need to show me. And I um, I started off with the... Uh, meditations and going through guided meditations and then um, learning how to listen to my intuition, that started building up that energy. And as I started building up the energy. Were the guided meditations something, were the guided meditations tailored specifically to connecting with your higher self or were they just go teaching you how to be in a meditative state in general? So um, they were, it was like learning how, yeah, they were guided meditations, like connecting to your higher self, all those. Mm -hmm. And I did the guided meditations for beginners, like, because it was so hard just to sit there and like just do the own, that wasn't getting it for me. So I needed the guided meditations so that I had something to focus on and start doing visualizations. And with those visualizations, it helped me to see myself, to see myself with light energy, to see myself as a light being, you know. And as I started doing that, I started noticing that, you know, the feelings of like my intuit, like being able to just intuitively sense things. The more I meditated, the more I was able to tune into my intuition and be led and guided by that. Um, okay. And then through those meditations, um, I just started getting like, well, you know, the um, meditations give you visual, you know, images, but then I just started listening just only to, like, spa music, you know, the real zen kind of stuff. And next thing I know, I'm just having these flashes of, like, images coming to me, and I didn't know what they were. But the images okay. were, um, like, specific. They, like, I, I saw, like, meadows. I, I saw, like, huts and houses. I, I would see people, um, but I knew that it was in the past, 
you know, and I, I would know the time frame. And the interesting thing is, like, because I could tune into the location and the time frame, I would go on Google to look it up. And I was shocked and amazed because I was like, oh, my gosh. It's like this stuff is actually, like, verifiable on Google. <laughs> so the, you know, the getting, you getting the seeing, information. So the fact that you were seeing it in, in images, like a movie or, or Polaroids in your head, that would be known as clairvoyance, if I'm correct, which is clear, clear seeing when in your third eye or mind's eye, waking or dreaming or in sleep state, you receive pictures that you then interpret. And in, in this case, that the type then would have been a past, a past timeline seeing. And so you can have future timeline seeing, past timeline seeing, uh, non-time related seeing at all. So it can it can be actual literal symbols and and vision and right. actual scenes of people's experiences, or right. it can be like, a, exactly exactly because I was getting like visual. The first thing I was getting were these like images, and then it would come and play like a movie, and I would realize I was having like past life memories. Is, is That's really what it was. I was having past life memories. That's what was coming through first, um, you know, from my meditation exercises. Um, and the interesting thing was is that I was able to verify by going online and Googling the information I was receiving from past life stuff. I, I was amazed, like like South China, living living in South China during the 12th Dynasty, and seeing. Um, uh, uh, um, I, I had this image that my husband was in a um, military brigade at that time, and that I knew he would never come back. And come, you know, and I had I saw the uniform, I saw um, the. Sh- he was going in water, so I think it was naval something. But I saw the villages. I saw, um, you know, like the landscape, all of that. Well, the interesting thing is, again, saying I knew he wasn't ever going to come back. And I go online and I look at the 12th Dynasty, South China, and saw that there was a Song Dynasty back then, and um, North China was invading or fighting against South China, and apparently North China obliterated South China's military and army, and there were absolutely no survivors. And when I went and I looked at the military uniforms, they were exactly what was um, in my uh, visions. And, you know, and then being able to understand, oh, that's why I knew he was never coming back because, you know, that war, and, Mm. and there were no survivors. Um, and the landscape was exactly as I thought. So it was really a past life memory. But mm-hmm. kind of like from the past life memory, the more I did the meditations, I started noticing I started getting symbols. Mm-hmm. And then I started hearing words. And I was like, okay, when I started hearing like actual conversation, then okay. I knew, like, I had connection with spirit beings. <laughs> and you were tapped in. 
Um, we do have a question. We have a caller on the line. I'm going to bring them in to see what they wanted to bring up. Caller with the phone number ending 8287. You're live on the air with the Psychic Inside Show. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Oh, excellent. Yes, yes. Who am I speaking with? Uh, my name is Lance. Lance, thank you for calling. You had a question for Hadia? Yes. I was just listening to the show, and um, I get these emails from this lady called Mary Morrissey or something. And today her email was about meditation. She said she was going to send me these five free meditations. And, and that's just something I've been wanting to get into. But listening to the show, I heard her talk about visualization, too. And so that was something else I wanted to get into. I just wanted to hear the difference between meditation and visualization. Okay, thanks Thank so much. Um, go ahead, Hadia. Well, I appreciate you calling in, Lance, you. And um, so concerning meditation, meditation really is just a focus. You know, you're just focused on an actual um, energy. A lot of times, you know, and there's different, there's several different types of meditation. You can have, um, like, meditation where you're only focused on, you know, emptying your mind and clearing that space where there's nothing. You, you see, like, you, you come to a place where your mind is clear and free of conversation and words, and you, you're just, you just have that blank space within yourself. Um, then there's other types of meditation where it's, you know, you're focused on breathing. Um, there's mindful and mindfulness meditation. Um, you have intensive type of meditation where you're focused on one particular energy for a specific outcome. Um, but it's really just whatever to be focused on a specific energy of, and that intent. So um, because at the time when I was getting started with meditating, I only knew about the type that you're supposed to just empty your mind, you know, and that's usually the um, Ayurvedic type of meditation. But I couldn't do that. My mind mind was just going racing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to get started in Ayurvedic Ayurvedic type of meditation where your mind is just blank. You know, I feel like a lot of people kind of have to build up to that space because your mind is always going and running and running. Um, but Monkey mind, the visualization, <laughs> yeah. But being able to be having a visualization and focusing, you know, on the path that the um, – person is taking you on, the one who's doing the meditation with you, kind of focusing on the path that they're taking you in that journey, it kind of helps you to focus your mind and get out of your head, get out of your head about, you know, laundry and chores and bills, and you're just, you know, seeing yourself in a different way. So, and that, and that kind of like usually helps that, that beginning process of meditation. Mm-hmm. A lot, mm-hmm. and then a lot it's of the usually with a specific found, intent. A lot of the ones that I have found most engaging have definitely been the kind of 
As we journey to the little bubbling brook in the trees, you are greeted by, you know, that that kind of narrative where I can kind of lose myself in the action of of repeating the vision that's given. That mm-hmm. does work well for me, but I personally went through a period where I was doing a lot of listening to videos, and then I felt like guilty because I said, well, I'm cheating if I'm using music or visualizations. I should be able to quiet my mind, you know. <laughs> I was judging myself and beating myself up, but I realized that any vehicle that can allow me to come out of that egoic chatter for any period of time is okay, <laughs> you know. But, you know, I think the key about meditation is, to understand why you're meditating, right? You need to know why you're meditating and um, where you're going to focus your energy because just to meditate without any intent behind it, you know, is almost, it's kind of fruitless because you're meditating and you don't know why and you don't know what you're doing. So you you need to have, understand the purpose and, you know, kind of go from there and have that intent so that you know the direction that you're going when you're doing your meditations. Did that uh, provide any uh, the information that you were looking for, Lance? Yes, I was going to see if uh, you would allow me to just make one more point. Sure. Well, okay, with the visualization, I might have been reading something, you know, where they were saying the benefits. I just want to confirm if this may be true. This is what really got me interested in it. It said that it was something ridiculous, like 60% of uh, the Russian athletes who usually have, you know, great competitors out of Russia, they said 60% of their training was visualization and the other 40% was physical. And I thought that was a pretty powerful statement. It was almost hard to believe, but it, could that be possible? Absolutely. Oh, for sure. That's my vote. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. Well, okay, so think, think of it as um, – oh, sorry, go ahead, Lance. Now, saying, so you're saying these Russian athletes, instead of running and jumping and push-ups, that 60% of their time is – uh, they would use visualization. Is that powerful? That's that's what got me interested in. Like, I don't know if that's oh, like, for sure. Is that powerful? Like, okay, when you can understand the power of energy, right? We're um, we're energy beings. Imagine yourself, you know, and you can't see like when you touch a doorknob or something metal, and you get shocked. Now, you don't see the energy being built up, that electricity being built up inside of you before you touch the doorknob and get shocked, but the energy is there. And so you kind of imagine that energy that you have is kind of like, you know, when you see um, the heat waves when it's outside and you see those heat waves coming up off the sidewalk or something. So that's kind of like how energy is. That's how it expands out of your body. That's what it that's what it looks like, at least when I see so I see energy. But when I see energy, that's what it looks like. Okay? And so now this energy it utilizes like like radio waves, you know, so 
you're talking, I'm talking, but we're utilizing these radio waves in order to, you know, communicate. Well, your body energy connects with, like, it, it transmits, through, you know, through our atmosphere and connects. And so it's like it, it connects that energy to whatever it is it's seeking. So you're seeking to win. You're seeking to beat your opponent. And you're sending these patterns, these thought waves out. You're sending it out to the future, to that future match. You're sending that, you know, energy of overpowering your opponent. So your opponent, whether they realize it or not, energetically, you know, could be weakened by the energy that you're sending out of overpowering them. I mean, how many times have you thought about somebody and all of a sudden they just call you out of the blue and you're like, oh, my God, I was just thinking about you. Literally, I was thinking about you and you called me. Hmm. You know, we send those energy waves out. So you think of it like that and it definitely um, proves to be true. Yeah, and belief. I mean, uh, belief and the idea even being seen as a possibility in your own mental space is crucial to manifestation because if your thought, if your 50% of your time is spent seeing yourself having won the race, having felt what it felt like to feel uh, athletically conditioned appropriately to be able to win that race, feeling and being in that space of reality in your brain creates it as an energetic match in the universe then. So that energy then is returned back to you. And so when you're putting a high degree of energy behind your intention, that is ultimately, I think, powerful and critical to our success just overall. Um, I mean, I think about anything. Um, I would say I do need to put Lance back on the listening line, and we have about three other questions waiting uh, in the queue that might be about this same topic. So, Lance, thank you very much for calling in this evening. Yes, thank you, Lance. Okay, I have caller with the ending seven four seven nine on the line. Thank you for holding. Did you have a question this evening? Hi, I just want, can you hear me? Yes, hello. Okay, great. I just want to say this is Jacqueline, and I am, uh, just want to first say that I so appreciate the work that you are doing. (laughs) But um, you you inspire me. I almost feel like, um, I think Hadia said when she was 36, I feel that way now as it relates to wanting to, um, explore and and heighten my awareness and and get deeper into um, understanding. So, but something that you touched on, and I think I want to piggyback off what Lance had mentioned when he described that he had been getting emails on uh, from someone saying uh, as far as how to meditate. I think I constantly use the word I meditate, but I would really like to deepen or, um, strengthen that practice and I'm not really sure how to get started. So that's my question. Um, what would be a good way to, to get started on um, a practice of meditation? Through some emails? Uh, or what? Yes. <laughs> so for me, well, what I, what I normally tell my students, I also teach um, classes on meditation and different um, astrology and different type of metaphysical things. 
Um, but what I tell my clients and my students who are wanting to, you know, kind of dip their toe in meditation um, is to first practice breathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is, that's the very beginning. Practice breathing um, and be conscious of how you're breathing mm-hmm. during the day. Notice, like, how am I breathing right now, you know, and start, you know, becoming, um, taking deep breaths in and and telling yourself, I receive things, you know, that are for my highest good as you breathe in and slowly breathe out saying, I release all things that no longer serve me. And, you know, you, you start to practice those deep breaths um, and then, you know, you just practice that for a minute, then extend it to three minutes, then five minutes. You you just learn how to do that at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, then practice, you know, and people always say, well, um, I never have time to meditate. I want to meditate, but I don't have time. But you always have time to breathe. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and I'd say also, you know, maybe before you go to bed, put on spa music, you know, if if you don't do the guided meditation, you know, um, then you can, you know, just put on spa music and just practice deep breathing in and out and just continually saying, I release things that no longer serve my highest good. And as you breathe in or breathe out, I release all things that no longer serve me. And that's kind of a mantra, you know, and, Mm -hmm that mantra kind of gets you in that mode of of meditation and that deep breathing exercise. And you can do it, you know, like I said, one minute, three minutes, five minutes, but just practice doing that. And as you do that, it's like the amount of, if you're a lot of stress, you can let go of the stress, you know, it just puts you in a better space. So I'd say that's how to get started. All right. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Jacqueline. I was going to say that Thank I, you. I have found that for me, doing blocks of time is challenging. So I've, I work to kind of just integrate meditative ways of being into my daily kind of time flow. So where I've been able to exert control over my schedule, I make it so that I can have mindful time in the morning um, to not rush to anything, to actually be present for my shower, you know, to actually be in the moment of being in the water, not thinking about uh, if I don't leave the house the next five minutes, the commute is going to be terrible. I wonder if the drive through at Dunkin' Donuts is going to be too crowded on the way. You know, rather than doing that during my shower, I just am like, wow, this water is everything. You know, right? I mean, it's all about the moment of now. Yeah. So I work mindfulness into more of a way of being rather than meditation, more into my schedule. If that makes sense. Right. Right. I mean, I think that's awesome. Just being in the now and absorbing now. You know that that's a that's beautiful. That that's the best. That that's a great way. Well, and I, will say I started reading a book called um, The Power of Now. Ah, Eckhart Tolle, right? 
Yes. Well, it's interesting because uh, we're connected in real life, so I get a chance to see you out for your morning walks and runs, and you're sharing your mindfulness and nature moments with the rest of us in your Instagram community. So I thank you for that. You know, um, <laughs> my pleasure. That's walking. Walking and being outdoors in nature and being in the body is a form of meditation practice. Mm-hmm. You know, again, That's why I enjoy it. On, <laughs> focused energy on activity can be a meditative thing. So, Jacqueline, thank you for calling. I'm going to put you back on hold. We do have two more questions waiting online. So, uh, thank you. And caller ending in 5364. I am trying to bring you on the line. Hi. Hi, how are you? Call us 5364. Hi, this is Yvonne. Um, I was just wondering, are anyone doing any readings tonight? Yes, we're going to do readings in the last portion of this show. We've got about another 15 or 20 minutes before we get to that. Would you like me to put you back on hold to come back in? Okay, that's fine. Thank you. So, okay, Hadia, thank you so much for continuing to answer questions this evening. So what I really want to know is, okay, what does it look like to wake up Hadia in the morning as a practicing professional psychic who speaks with angels and communicates with energies from the other side and all the amazing things that you do? What What is life like for you? Can you give us an example of you know, an interesting, a normal day and then a, and a crazy day. <laughs> Let's see. Um, a normal day where it's maybe not as inundated with um, clients and students, um, I do spend a good amount of energy speaking with um, my guides in the celestial realm because the information that they're giving me really is um, supporting my life and my lifestyle. Uh, There was an agreement that I made between the angelic realm um, and, you know, our source creator where I was, I said, well, you know, I'm going to leave corporate America and me leaving corporate America to live my purpose of what you've called me to do, you know, which is to um, teach and heal and do readings and, you know, a number of different things. I said, me doing this means that you're going to have to, like, guide me every step of the way and take care of all my bills and make sure everything is, um, (laughs) you know, everything is laid before me so that I can 100% dedicate my life to this purpose. So that was the agreement. And um, so now, you know, and I haven't had an employer since 2015, and they have honored okay. that agreement. They've honored the agreement. So what I do is I spend a good majority of the day um, kind of being guided by them and talking to them and, you know, preparing future things. So if there's work that I need to do, concerning, you know, whatever next classes are being put together, if I need to be aware of um, certain um, 
events that may be going on in the world that I need to try to, it's interesting because they have me doing, you know, energetic work for the earth. So there's, there's different things that I have to, you know, that they are asking me to do, whether it be energetic work for the earth, if I need to be preparing actual um, uh, uh, curriculum for my classes, if, you know, how I'm lining up and scheduling my clients. I'm doing those type of things. I'm, um, I haven't been doing as much of the online um, work just yet, but that's getting ready to pick up um, because they're saying it's now that time. So I had been holding off on the online uh, web page and all that. I do have Facebook, but I'm getting ready to move forward in that. So I'm just led step by step. Um, through, like, meditation and talking with them and, you know. On a heavy day, my heavy days are normally when they're inundated with a lot of clients. And I'm, you know, either I'm doing video chats or I'm going out to see them or they're coming to see me and doing the healing work or I'm giving readings or, or I'm teaching. But doing it back to back to back to back, it does drain me of energy. <laughs> And so, you know, by the time I'm done, you know, I may sleep for 12 hours just because my energy just has to be reloaded. So, so if I'm a client, which I have been a client, you know, to disclose, I have been a client of yours, but let's just take uh, Susie Summer who calls you up on the phone. What does that call from a client? What What is the client? What what? What have you experienced? How would you describe what clients call you for? What is, a, is there a typical kind of way that your relationship starts with a client? Um, well, it, it depends. Like some, some clients who have come to me, they've never had an experience, you know, with readings or spiritual healing work at all. So I do an initial assessment with them uh, when they contact me. And I kind of go through, and sometimes they may have a specific question, you know, and things that they want answered specifically for a reason uh, that may be situational, life situation type of things. Um, some people, they're coming to me uh, for information concerning their health. Now, I'm not a doctor, you know, so that's a, you know, I disclaim I'm not an MD, but I am a medical intuitive. So a lot of times I can like literally see organs or I could see parts of the body and I can see, you know, I can tell you what I see. And so that's not a diagnosis of anything, but I will tell you what I see happening within the, within that moment of what's going on in your body. Um, and then I can tell you, well, you know, this is what I'm being told could help you know, in that situation. I have other people who, um, you know, are having situational issues, and but they need to go through a spiritual healing process in order to actually help the situation. Um, so they come to me for different things. Um, and then most of my students are clients as well. Um, so a lot of, well, they end up being clients, you know, they come to me and they want to learn, you know, about meditation or, um, astrology or 
other type of metaphysical things. What is it to be a star seed and these type of things. So we go over that, but um, they end up being a client and want to do more work. I call it light work and ascension work. And so we go through ascension processes as a client to try to, and I say ascension processes, but really it's just a broadening of your spiritual self. And so as we're developing that spiritual aspect, then, um, you know, I work one-on-one with them as well. So it's kind of a broad range of things from life situation to health to your own spiritual development, you know, and what, uh, for our listeners who are not experienced in this realm, so a, a basic reading is by the hour or by another time you know, time frame, half hour to one hour to two hours. Sometimes it is intensive four-hour or six-hour experiences. Um, each person who offers reading services is very different. So uh, there are some kinds of healing work that it takes a series of interactions with the healer to achieve. Other things are um, kind of, I guess you would say, single-dose a la carte type of services. But it's just like going to see a mechanic for your car. You know, there's going to be a fee associated with the diagnostic and then potential uh, investment to actually then fix the problem that is diagnosed. I guess that's a one way to have an analogy. But um Right. There are And I think it's important for people to also know um that okay when they're when you're going to see a reader, um, number one, all readers are not the same. All readers don't read the same way. So just because I pick up energy one way and and understand it one way doesn't mean that that's the same information another person is going to get. Sometimes readers get information in different ways. Um, and also, um, you have to understand, well, there's a couple things when going to see a reader or, you know, a, a clairvoyant. The first thing I would say is watch um, the energy of the person. Like, I would go to a referral before I go to just the one I don't know, you know, and just, just out of the blue. I would, you know, I would go to someone who maybe I was referred to because you heard, you know, there was good things about them. Um, because the energy of that reader can influence the type of reading and, and that energy that's being put out. And um, you don't want, like I said, energy connects with people. And so you ever pass by someone and you didn't get a good vibe from them or you instantly was drawn to them, it's because of that energy connection. So you need to make sure that that energy is right and you have good, you know, vibes from that person. The second thing well, is... I, I was going huh? to say I always, I always tell people when you're seeking external advice of any type, you always defer to your internal thermometer. You know, we can ask mm-hmm. a doctor for their opinion and then still go get a second opinion. Or we can decide exactly. we don't want to work with a particular therapist because the energy is not conducive between it. So we're never to blindly just accept even the advice from our friends. 
without running it through our personal intuitive filter of is this resonating with me or is this not. So it's the same rules apply for any kind of advice and counseling that you get, be it metaphysical, 3D, or 5D, you know. Exactly, exactly. And the thing, I guess, for me is, like, I try to make sure all information I give is always for that person's highest good, and I give it from a space of unconditional love, you know, utilizing that unconditional love, like that Christ energy, that Christ consciousness. And I do it unbiased, you know, so I don't have a preset thought about anyone's lifestyle, what they're doing, you know, and all, all this other stuff. You know, it's it, 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 it's not I, – I just deliver what I receive from a non-judgmental perspective, and I do it with unconditional love in a way that serves your highest good. Um, every every reader doesn't do it with that intent, you know. Right. Um, they have their own prejudgments, which will impact the way that they understand and see things and deliver information, okay? Um, then you have to consider, um, let's see, like the purpose of your, you know, why, why do you want to read, you know? If, so, <laughs> let me see. Let's say the way I'm going to talk about the way a reader gets information, okay? So you have some people who have multiple gifts. You have some people who have, like, just one strong gift and some weaker gifts. And when I say gift, I mean clairvoyance, the ability to see, you know, or what, what lies down the road. You have empaths who can um, pick up the energy of another person. You have um, clear audience where you can hear uh, the spiritual realm. You have um, clear cognizance where you just know something. Um, there's just different ways that people receive information. And so the way a person receives information also impacts how a message is delivered, and it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Let's say maybe it doesn't connect with the person who's getting the reader, the reading. It doesn't mean that what the reader is telling you is wrong, but the way that the information is coming through, it just may be connecting in a way where it's not being associated at that, at that time. But it doesn't mean that what they're giving you is wrong, not always, but sometimes it is. <laughs> you know, it could be completely wrong if that person is not connected um, and they're serving from a, you, you know, they're kind of serving from a ego side instead of from a space of purpose and, and higher, uh, higher calling. Well, I've had readings where I've, I have definitely felt like, okay, this is, this is not resonating and I don't feel good energy from this exchange. So I kind of just shut my personal connection. But then there have been others, and I usually try to audio record the readings that I have because I found that time is fluid. And so I have gone back to readings from a year or two years ago that ultimately wound up being true. But in the context of the time, there was not a perspective for me to even be able to see that until the fullness of time had passed. So uh, that's not and see, there's a lot of times when pinpointing, like, time frames, it's not always um, 
time is very fluid. Like in the spirit realm, there is no time. It's only in earth. It's only in this plane that time exists, you know. So pinpointing time um, because it's really abstract is not always a strong suit. So when a person sees something, you know, you're expecting it to happen right then and there in that moment. You know, and that person may not necessarily pick up on the time frame, but they see it. So, it, yeah, like you said, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It may happen, you know, two or three years down the road, and then you're like, oh, my gosh, I remember that reading I got. They said this was going to happen, and you thought, you know, it didn't resonate at all. So, you know, that, that is something that uh, can happen as well for sure. Well, Hadia, we are in the last 50 or so minutes of the show. This is the Psychic Inside Show, and my name is Joelle the Vibrarian, and I'm just really happy to be here this evening having this conversation with Hadia and to learn about her fascinating life and everyday application of her psychic gifts and abilities. Uh, We are on Facebook. You can join the community, the Good Vibe Tribe, at thevibrarian.com. And also on Facebook and Instagram, if you just type in at thevibrarian, you can connect with our community there. We will be having rebroadcasts of tonight's episode on the YouTube channel and on the Facebook page going forward. Every month here in the Atlanta area, I have been sponsoring the Vibrary Elevation Station. And Elevation Stations are a place where you can come get lifted and experience high vibrational vendors uh, offering products and services from organite crystals and healing body products, salting and uh, astrology charts, palm reading, and things of that nature. So the Elevation Station takes place every third Sunday of the month and is currently hosted at the Cupcakery in East Point, Georgia. You can find out more about this event and also then schedule time and readings with uh, eight readers at any given weekend. And I am very pleased that Hadia will be at this weekend's event from noon to six and uh, able to see clients for 20-minute sessions during that time. And also, Hadia, if you would give your contact information for people who are interested in reaching out to find out more about your classes and your personal services, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, They can get in touch with me three ways. They can um, reach me on Facebook under Hadia Talks. That's one word, Hadia Talks. Um, on Facebook, H as in Henry, A, D as in David, I, Y, A, H, Hadia Talks. Um, or they can reach me via email, which is HadiaTalks at gmail.com. And, or they can reach me via phone, and that's area code 678-993-3206. Six seven eight nine nine three three two zero six. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. So, you have agreed to take callers who have one question to provide mini readings on tonight's episode. Uh, would you like to set out any kind of guidance or uh, ground rules about um, 
the conversation that will occur. I will definitely be manning the phone lines, and as I said, we're looking to a little less than probably 10 minutes per caller as we wind up this last uh, few segments. So did you have any instructions or guidance, Adia? Um, just to, you know, be kind of specific about what it is that um, you want your question, you know, be specific with your question um, so that I know what energy to tune into. Um, a lot of times when I, I work and people don't really know what, what they want a reading on, it's like trying to tune into a radio station and you just pick up any and everything, all this random stuff that starts to happen and come through. So when there's something specific, then I can tune into that energy and and um, provide a more detailed um, reading or give you more detailed information. Okay. Well, thank you, Hadia. Now, I am going to bring our first caller on the line. I believe you've been with us since the start of our show uh, at about 9 o'clock. Thank you for right. holding on. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. And I do have a specific okay. question. Okay. Um, okay. So my question is, I have a meeting next week with a city city government, and I'm wondering if this will be the last meeting and if I will get everything resolved. No, it's not going to be the last meeting. I, I, pick, um, I do feel like there's other things that you're going to have to um, do. I think that there's going to be additional um, papers, and, and some more information that's going to have to be given. And then um, you'll, I, I feel like more so towards, um, not well, not this one, but the next one, everything will be tied up. Um, so then if they didn't, if, I, if they don't settle it at this one, the one after is two weeks after that. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. Okay, so there, so there was already one scheduled after that. <laughs> you had, no, no, I've, I've, I've already had one. Actually, I've oh, already okay. had two. And okay. This is the third. So I feel like I feel like um, I don't feel like everything's going to be tied up right now with this one. I, I feel like um, there's going to be one more, and then that's it. Like okay. so, it could be. A lot of stuff gets done this time, but then there's still just one more piece. I don't feel like everything is done this this time. Um, and so is it when it's done, I guess my question is, is it done, I can continue my progress and move on, or will there be another hiccup? Okay, repeat your question. I said, um, if, when I go back for the last meeting, is it completely mm -hmm. resolved and can, I can kind of go out and have a drink and say hallelujah? Yeah, I feel like, you know, everything would have been ironed out and the direction will be set forward and, yeah, it'll the, the weight will be off. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that was my question. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank okay. you. Thank you for calling this evening. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
And I hope that you will uh, type in on the Facebook page in a few weeks and let us know when you have that celebratory drink (laughs) for finalizing what sounds to be a very intensive process. So thank you for calling. And now I do have caller with the ending 5364. I believe I spoke with you briefly earlier this evening. How are you? Hi, this is Yvonne again. Yes, Yvonne, how are you? Thank you for waiting. So you had a question for Hadia this evening. Yes, uh, my question is based on love relationship. Um, What do you see going on there? Okay, I need you to be just a little bit more specific. The person and um, what do you want to know about the relationship? What is it specifically outside of just what's going What is it that you want to know, Mike, specifically? Oh, what the spirit has to say about John and me um, being together. Is it going to work out or is it not? Okay. So first thing I pick up is definitely um, this has been a karmic relationship and, and, you know, a a strong bond that had been created from from you guys. Okay. That's the first thing that I pick up. But I feel as though it's not going to be like lifetime partnership. It's not coming through as a lifetime partnership. Okay. Um, And I... Yeah, I feel the way the energy is coming across, it just kind of feels like you guys will eventually just end up going your separate ways. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm just, I'm definitely just picking up a, a moving of separate ways with you guys. It's not going to be like turning into marriage. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a feeling on that one. But that it wasn't going to be like into marriage or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Yvonne, for calling in this evening. And uh, this is the Psychic Inside Show, and we're on this evening with Hadia of Hadia Talks. And Hadia is a gifted psychic uh, healer and uh we're taking calls, callers who are able to call in and ask one question. I ha- I have, you know, in listening to the readings that you're doing here on the phone and as well as my own, how do you um, deal with the emotion of readings? A lot of times people are asking of the most intimate and painful aspects of their life, like having to deal with the passing of loved ones, or relationships and things of that nature. What what is that like as a person who is involved in in conversations of that nature? Oh goodness. Um the interesting thing is that especially when I'm kind of being used as a vessel per se sometimes uh for um you know talking between 
you know, a person and their loved one who may have crossed over. Um, what ends up happening is the emotion of the uh, one who's crossed over tends to put their emotion into into me. So, I mean, I, I've, you know, laughed and cried or, you know, had been upset based, you know, but it, it's not me. It's the emotion of that person coming through. And um, as they're talking to their loved one, it, that connection is made. And it's normally a very healing process um, for the person. And I tried my best, though, to, you know, well, I'm always as compassionate as I can be. Um, and I, like I said, I operate from a space of unconditional love. So, you know, when messages are being passed, it's always given in that energy. Um, the, there was only one, and she wasn't a client. It just came out of nowhere. But my very first um, experience of, like, having a spirit who's crossed over, a person who's crossed over, impact me. I just remember... I was at Office Depot. This was when I was working in the corporate realm. And um, I was there, you know, to get some work done, some copies or whatever. And there was a lady who had a stack of uh, flyers with her daughter on there. And it looked like Sweet 16 picture. Well, come to find out, it was a missing persons paper. And she was looking for her daughter. And um, the daughter's energy just hit me out of the blue. And it's the first time I had that experience where I, like, felt like something hit me in, you know, right under my sternum. And it twisted in a knot and almost brought me to my knees. And I just had, and then she displayed a vision of what she looked like when she died. And it looked nothing like the flyer. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And then she told me kind of where she was at. But, you know, this lady, she's, you know, this mother, she's looking for her daughter. And she's in this frantic state. And I think, and it was the first time I was just caught off guard in public like that. And I held my tongue. I held my tongue and I didn't tell this lady that I just saw, you know, her, her daughter who got killed, you know. And I, I didn't say anything, you know. It was just, like, such a shocking and jarring experience. But, um, yeah. Yeah, you never see moments like that on TV shows like Long Island Media, where, you know, they show you all the happy, fuzzy family reunions happening where they she randomly passes somebody in the grocery store and then starts to tell them their great aunt Esther has a message for them. You know, it's one thing to be dwelling in that kind of energy, but as you describe it, to see a poor murdered person's state, that's that's a completely different conversation. I don't think you would, I would certainly not know how to broach that subject, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, like it, that was the first time I was, count, you know, I was caught in public and I just, like, had that, and had the energy of that um, teenager just hit me. Um, 
Yeah, and because it was such a traumatic event and traumatic experience and I could see the, you know, franticness of the parent, it was like I, I just, I couldn't even say anything. You know, I, mm-hmm. and it stuck with me. It stuck with me to this day. Well, and, you know, in your work you're dealing with a lot of healing. I know you do a lot of work with inner child trauma, past life trauma, a lot of times if the person is receiving information about past lives, then it is because there is some kind of energy that is tied to that lifetime that is still impacting their reality in the present sense, more so than we kind of all are naturally. Uh, Usually spirit is very purposeful with what it brings forward is the most necessary and useful thing that needs to be brought forward at that time if it's out of unconditional love, you know. Right. And, you know, so that's exactly the way that I um, begin to start to do my spiritual healing work because, uh, and, you know, I wasn't, I didn't go to, well, I take that back. So I do have certification, you know, to be a a practitioner for uh, Usui Reiki and energy medicine. Um, But really, when a person has a gift, they just have a gift. I don't have to have a certification to say I have a gift. You know, if it's a gift, it's a gift. And I was led and guided to another level of healing outside of my um, outside of what I was given for my certifications, um, and with my spiritual healing, it's all starting with your energy, your energy centers, and you know the different. You, so you have energy centers that go from the crown of your head to under your feet, and I assess each energy center, and that assessment you imagine the energy flowing out of your body and then think about like maybe binary codes, ones and zeros coming out of those energy centers. Well, those ones and zeros all have, you know, information that it's telling me that's received, you know, and my energy centers are receiving it. And so things that are going on with you that need to be healed, you know, could be from past life things. It could be from current life things, but your energy center is the thing that's telling me what's going on in your body. And I was letting guided through the angelic realm of how to work with this energy. The angels were the one who specifically told me, you know, they told me, like, this is what you do. This is how you do it. This is how you heal. And they use uh, sacred geometry and all different types of things in order to get this person healed. So, um, but it definitely, you know, your physical illness could be related to past life things, you know, not just your past, you know, in this life, but you could have lived, you know, a thousand years ago, and you just carried it all the way through up until this life. So, yeah, we kind of like heal things. And when I tell, a lot of times when I end up telling a person what their past life was, and they're like, are you sure you weren't describing this life? Because this is exactly what I'm going through now, you know. And they're always amazed how, like, something from the past and past life is directly connected to what's going on with them right now. And so it's like if you can heal it, you know, from the source and from the beginning, then, you know, right. it's easier to work through it in this lifetime. 
I think it was last year I read the book for the first time. I'd heard of it for years and never read it, Many Lives, Many Masters, by Dr. Brian White. And uh, he basically was a psychologist, like, and he was seeing patients, and he had had hit brick walls with them in terms of some of their uh, ability to heal from some of the things that were affecting them in terms of depression and present life reality. And so Mm -hmm. I think he was doing hypnosis and started uh, accidentally regressed one of his clients who entered a childhood from another lifetime who then relayed under a hypnotic state what her core issue was. And then when he brought that to his patients during waking time in the therapeutic setting, she was able to finally heal from it and move on. And so he started emerging in his clinical practice into this kind of continuity of there are many selves that make up the currents. If we're going to apply linear um, measurement, then we have to look beyond the measurement of this present waking uh, understanding of who we are. If we really, really want to clear out the things that could shadows of those that could be very real and substantially affecting our present life in ways that we don't understand until that key is kind of unlocked. And then when somebody says to you, oh, my goodness, you know, I think it was one of my past life readings, it came through that I have like a historic bad mojo between landlords and myself leading back to a lifetime where I lived in ancient China and where my landlord and a sorcerer got together and basically murdered me terribly because I was doing healing work in the community. Now, mm-hmm. another person would be like, well, that story sounds a little bit crazy. But the people who know me best know that for the most strangest reasons, I continue to have issues with landlords. There is nothing that sets me off into an angry place, triggers me more than feeling a sense of injustice when it comes to rental properties. I'm able to laugh about it now because I have an understanding that me and landlords have bad blood from way back. (laughs) I laugh about it now, but it really did make sense at an energetic level when I heard it. I was like, for you to say the word landlord even as being a renter back in feudal China to the fact that I'm a, you know, I believe in being a renter in my current reality, <laughs> I couldn't deny that. But, you know, I, I think you say something. Know? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, and, like, so you say something that's very, you know, it's key to maybe understanding why, you know, some people, like, they have an adverse reaction to something and they think, you know, I don't know why I just have an adverse reaction to this. I just hate it or it irks me, you know, but it definitely could be associated with something from a past life or a phobia. You know, some people have like phobias drowning. of yeah, drowning, drowning fire, you know, um, just you know, these phobias that you may have and like, I don't know, I've never even did this, you know, it's unfounded, but no, I wouldn't say that it's unfounded. It's definitely connected somewhere because it's inside of you. So these past lives, it's like, it puts an imprint into your DNA, your soul's DNA and your soul 
has a memory of the feeling or, you know, or you may take an interest in something and have no clue why you're interested in it. Or you may have a talent or skill, you know, and you've never, you know, went to school for it, but you just have this crazy talent. A lot of times this imprint, you know, from the past life is imprinted into your soul, your DNA, and you're born with these things, and it carries over. So when you can understand that these past life connections are all part of you, where you think there's something irrational, it's just, it's really not irrational. It's just finding out where it came from. So you go through your past life regressions, you know, to see exactly where it stemmed from. I've always found past life regression readings quite fascinating, and I think I probably have, I don't know, somewhere between eight and ten different uh, past life snapshots, not only from other readers, but then from my own clairvoyant visions and understandings and, and dream space. It's been very interesting to kind of have that perspective added to my intuition and personal insight, you know. Um, we do have another caller with a question who wants to ask a question on the line. Caller 7479. Is this Jacqueline? Are you still hanging on with us so patiently? I am. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. So you had a question. Okay. I did. Um, I have a friend. Actually, I had two, but I'm gonna I'm gonna use the the, the selfless question. I'm gonna go for that one. Um, I have a friend who lost her son to suicide, and um, about a year ago, so I made a bold step and reached out to her um, via text because she's not really you know communicating with anyone, and you know just told her that I was here and. I would love to hold her hand and take a walk. And then Can she sent me a Say it again. Pills. I, just I didn't hear you. Pills. I, I was wondering if her son also did um, drugs. Because I, I, I picked I, up um, drugs. I don't use. know. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, not sure. Okay. Um, but that, um, he did take his life, but not with pills per my understanding. Well, it wasn't through pills that right. I know of. I don't know if he did right. that with pills. But I just picked so the, okay. then I, I took a second, I, I sent her a second text because she did send me a heart back. So I was like, okay, good. I have her attention. I sent her a second text. And basically I was saying to her, I was trying to encourage her, you know, use your role as mother to tell his story to help your healing. And I felt like it was mm-hmm. a kind of a, it may have been perceived as a pushy text, right? Because I was like, come on, and I'm here with you. So I guess my question is, should I continue pursuing her in this manner? Because I was like, oh, maybe I went too far because, of course, I didn't get any response back. Um, So for her and her energy, the way that I'm receiving her energy, um, She's not ready to heal is what I'm picking up, okay? Mm-hmm. She's in a space within herself right now where um, even this year, she's still going to continue to grieve. This year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and some going into next year will be easier, a bit easier. 
Okay. Uh, so what I would say for you is just be more supportive in, you know, just checking on her, how are you, you know, sending love, mm-hmm. that type of a thing, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because she's not in a space of healing yet. She's still in that yeah. grief, and she's mm-hmm. not going to get out of that grief, um, not right now. This this is going okay. to last all the way in the, this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. I sense that. Okay, great. I will continue to be love and supportive. <laughs> Send love and support. Mm-hmm. Okay. What I, Thank you. What I think is interesting, as you just said, is that you just you felt that already. What is interesting yes, I is did. most times people come out of a reading and they say, you know what, I was already thinking this. This was just confirmation that I, you know, and usually it's a matter of falling back into believing what they were hearing from their own inner voice but needed a bit of external validation and or framing. Like the way the guidance sometimes comes in helps us solidify what we were thinking and might not have had words to to describe. But when a reader says to us, you know, your great aunt Edna says blah, 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 usually it helps us like, you know what, that's exactly what <laughs> What I was speaking to myself just the other day, you know, yes. I think that validation aspect is kind of nice because mm-hmm. it eventually sends us back to ourselves and says, trust your gut, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was on fire, and then when I sent it, I was like, mm, I don't know if she's ready. <laughs> no, and but she's yes. not going to be ready anytime soon. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. Thank you. You're well, welcome. Thank you for calling in with your question, Jacqueline. I appreciate you so much. And this is the Psychic Inside Show, and my name is Joelle. I'm the vibrarian, and I'm here having a conversation this evening with uh, Hadia of Hadia Talks. Hadia, thank you for sharing from your life story this evening and for sharing of your gifts of these many readings that people are uh, getting over the phone line. Is there anything that you would say to the person who says, oh, I'm not psychic. I don't even believe in that stuff. What do you, how do you speak to the skeptic or that person who comes to you already ready to discount everything that you say because they've already made a preconceived uh, idea in their mind about what it even means to have a psychic reading. How how do you deal with the skeptic conversation? I don't. If if that person says they're not psychic, they don't believe in their skeptic, I'm say, okay, well, then you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, because I believe that um, a person's thought process is what it is because mm-hmm. nothing is ever achieved without first being able to see it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I tell a person, I mean, first of all, you're not going to come to me if you don't believe. So there's something deeper within that person that, you know, believes something or at least you're hoping to believe, you know. So mm-hmm. if you're coming to me, then somewhere in all that skepticism, there's a hope that it's true, that that it's actually real. 
you know, um, if you totally disbelieve in something, you're not even going to waste your time. Right. Well, that's what Lance, Lance, our caller earlier, said about is visualization that important? And you just said if you don't see it happening, then it is your reality that it is not happening for you. You know, exactly. belief system and envisioning is, is very key. Yeah, so I, now, I can work with a person who can consistently questions what they're getting or if they're getting anything, you know. So I work with – so that's two different energies. What, a person who completely believes that they're not something, it's hard to change a person's belief system because – you know, if if you shut off that energy, then, you know, uh, unless, you know, it's just meant for that person to have some type of a, an, a spiritual awakening, you know, through me, you know, if something happens through me, then it's just going to happen through me and that person will be spiritually awakened, but I'm not going to go and try to prove it. Um, it's right, not for me right. to prove so um i don't i don't seek to change people's belief systems but those who have a desire to change but are unsure of that direction and they're constantly you know questioning what they're getting or receiving or if they're even getting or receiving anything then i assist them into opening those channels and letting them know you know cuz a lot of times you may make mistakes but it's always going through a space of um understanding you have to allow yourself to make a mistake you know even as a reader if you don't get something right it doesn't mean that you stop reading you just understand okay when i received this information this is how i received it and how i got it and then you know and when you see the way that it actually happened then you say okay well okay then you can make a connection of where you know, maybe the disconnect was or the misinterpretation, you know, and then you learn. That's how you learn. But you have to allow yourself to make mistakes so that you can get better at your skill. So I, I kind of like, you know, will work with their intuitive self and, and give them exercises to show, you know, how they're how they actually are being guided and, you know, how their mind is overtaking what their spirit is telling them. Because a lot of times people get things, but their mind takes over and they discount what they spiritually received. Yeah. I did a, I did a psychic development course last year. Another friend and I did one together. And one of the main portions just of even the preliminary exercises was us kind of testing our own beliefs with a series of exercises where you described what you saw, just what you heard or what you saw your impressions were to a stranger who then validated or did not validate for you the images that you were describing for them. And there was points of failure when you're totally off, but there were just as many points of, oh, my gosh, how did I really even know to say those words and trust to say those words that they were coming from my guidance at that moment and they turned out to be the right thing. So it was like 50-50 as I learned to 
I guess, interpret what I was experiencing in terms of, of psychic communication, whether it was right. pictures that I was seeing flashes of and realizing, wait a second, that was a picture, that was a message, to hearing a, a song or a sound in my ear and realizing, no, that is my guidance, speaking, you know, providing yeah. instruction. Yeah, when you get confirmation... Yeah, that confirmation builds your confidence and your in in your gifts, you know. Um, and sometimes, even for me, I still get amazed at information that I received. Um, you know, like last night, well, well, that tragedy, the Facebook tragedy of the killing, and that guy posted, you know, him killing that poor gentleman. Um, and so last night, going to bed, you know, they were still looking for the guy. And I was, I had gone to, you know, I was getting ready to go to bed and I saw, you know, the guy just committed suicide. I saw the man committed suicide or he, or he was going to commit suicide. I didn't have a time frame on it. And then uh, for whatever reason this morning, you know, as soon as I woke up, I guess maybe because it was what was on my mind when I went to sleep last night, but this morning, you know, I was like, well, where is this guy? And I was like, uh, he's in Pennsylvania. I kept feeling like Pennsylvania. And then I turned on the 12 o'clock news, and they said, breaking news, you know, man that he committed suicide in Pennsylvania. And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, really? it's just I like sometimes I'm still update. amazed, you know, at what I get and and, and how things come through. So, um, but I didn't even the know confirmation that that builds confidence. Yeah, I didn't even know oh, that yeah. was the end of the story. I hadn't checked the news really since uh, on that issue, so I thought he was still on the loose. So, it's, you know, the other day I had a dream, and in the dream I was in a rental car, and somebody had hit the car, and it was undrivable, and there were no tires on the rims, and we were stranded, my best friend and I, and I kept saying, well, we're going to need to call so-and-so because he works at the car rental place. We just can't call AAA. This isn't a regular kind of event. So the dream was really bizarre. And, I, you know, I said, well, let me be on the lookout for car troubles because sometimes I have that premonition dream. So when it actually happened, my best friend and I came out from a concert, and sure enough, the tire was flat on the car. And we did have to call so-and-so because he was going to be able to get there quicker than AAA was going to be able to get there. And we didn't want to sit in the parking deck for two and a half hours. But the tire was definitely undrivable, and it was on the rim, like the picture I saw in my dream. So it was like a jumble jumble, a puzzle piece <laughs> of the general energies of transportation difficulties due to something with the tire, but it wasn't exactly like, oh, ABC. But luckily I had right. followed the dream and talked to my best friend about it when I had it. And so you didn't dismiss both, it. Right. And then when we both saw it, she was like, oh, my God, it's your dream. I'm like, I know it's my dream. My car flat. Oh, wow. You know, so it's very interesting uh, because now I know to be somewhat watchful. Uh, and it's, most of the time it's humorous. 
And luckily I haven't had any incidents where it's been like, wow, I really should have got that message clearer because I would have saved myself from a catastrophe or accident or something. Luckily it hasn't been super serious like that, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. I guess my, my uh, guys are being somewhat gentle with me in my exercises of my my uh, intuitive abilities. <laughs> so, but you do, you know, I know personally, you spend some time in self-doubt. Like, did I really just hear quit my corporate job? Did I, you know, is that really where we're going to go? Am right, I really and did I do the right thing? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And to run my life off of it or to make decisions off of this, you know, and everybody has to come to a degree of trust in themselves and their higher aspect, whatever that looks like, you know. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, it it takes a level of I mean well I think you know, there's big trust in that, right? You, you leave a secure, very nice income, you know, from corporate America, and then you go off to start your own business. And for me, I have four children. I'm a single parent, and I have four children. Have one going to college, you know, mortgage payment. You know, so it's like, okay, do I leave steady, for sure, secure income to pursue this? the relationship and the bond that I had um, built through communicating on a regular basis and understanding, you know, how to communicate and what I was receiving. So understanding that communication um, gave me the security that I needed. So it's really like building the relationship that you have with your guides, um, trusting what you receive by taking baby steps of um, trust and faith and, you know, what you're receiving and seeing how, you know, and getting confirmation, you know, because, again, you know, trusting what you get through confirmation. Um, And then... Well, I wanted to... I also wanted to point out that the process looks the same whether your gift is a psychic medium or a forensic accountant, right? So whatever the Mm -hmm. gift is that has been instilled in you by creator is what you are supposed to bring to the world. So if you follow the urgings of your insides, of your inner self that says, you know what, I'm not happy in this nine-to-five doing what I'm doing. I want to follow my passion to something else. I don't know what that something else is, but I know it's not this. And it might be that you wind up teaching yourself music lessons and becoming a saxophone player and leaving walking away from Mm -hmm your corporate job, or it could look like you walk away from your job uh, in for Home Depot and become a full-time psychic medium. So the subject matter doesn't matter so much as the fact that there's something in your soul that is such a strong pull to honor that truth in you. And if your truth exactly. looks like I talk to dead people and angels on a regular versus I like to play jazz saxophone on the regular. Whatever that truth is, if you follow the inner urging that is telling you, no, this is not for you, 
this is where we want to go. Step by step, you will be led through the transition out of the older vibration or the older mold that you manifested into one that more vibrates with your true self and whatever that looks like for you. Oh, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, because whatever your gift is, you know, the whole thing, and I think our purpose in in this world is to get to a point where it's no longer about you, your ego, your desires. You You finally get to a point spiritually where you say, okay, it's not about me. It's about service to others. What can I impart? What is it? How do I impact on a, you know, bigger level where I, I'm putting out that positive energy, you know, towards my fellow man, my fellow woman, you know, to this earth. And, and your desires are no longer just always about you. And when you can ascend your heart to that spot, whether, you know, you utilize your gift to play music and, and you impact people so much that they, they hold your music close to their heart or it's art or, you know, or you're building, you could be an architect and build these fabulous buildings, you know, for community, you know, but it's, it's this passion, like you said, it's not always just, you know, just metaphysical and speaking to spirits and angels or doing readings, but it's what can you give to the greater community that's outside of yourself. And so when you lose ego and you operate from a space of unconditional love and you use that Christ seed energy, that's when you know that you're elevating yourself on a higher spiritual plane. That's your spiritual awakening. That is the ascension to get out of yourself and stop being so egotistical and judgmental and start looking at people as divine beings instead of, you know, with your own criticisms. That's the expansion and development of a spirit and a soul. And when you do that, you know, that that truly is living your purpose. Well, and all of us have that seed in us of something that is for the benefit of the world. You know, a lot of people never, they think, well, that's something that other people do. you got to have a special calling to be, you know, uh, of service. I've got to make a lot of money so that I can own a charity before I can be of service to the world. But it's truly that it could be your kind, compassionate nature and smiling face and positive demeanor that affects people in your customer service job and leaves them feeling better than what they felt like before they called you with their problem on the phone. You know, it doesn't have to be some grand Uh, Mother Teresa type of gesture because it happens on a one-to-one ratio that we uh, impact others, you know. When you give readings to people, you're dealing with a one-in-one situation with that person and their spiritual realm connecting with you and your spiritual realm. And that's really all that we ever have to do is just one person to leave them better than what they found, we found them, and to leave a bit the best of ourselves in the energy exchange that we have with them. 
And so it, I think sometimes we just think too big about stuff, and we're blind to the reality of the actual impact that we have on a day-to-day basis and the opportunity that we have on a day-to-day basis to be in our personal gift, you know. Some people, their laugh is a gift. You know what I'm saying? We've all been around people who can change a whole room and have everybody leaned over slapping their knee just because of their infectious humor. So that is that would be a gift. And a lot of times we don't think to look at ourselves in that way. We think that we're much smaller than what we really are. Well, this has been the Psychic Inside Show. My name is Joelle, and I'm the vibrarian. And we have been sitting here having a lovely conversation with Hadia of Hadia Talks. Um, this was our second episode of the Psychic Inside Show. Every Tuesday from 9 to 11, I'm here with a special guest each week who will be sharing from their life stories about their journey into discovering their gifts and abilities. Uh, we will have opportunities for questions and also readings to happen throughout the show. Next week, we are going to have uh, our special guest is Bo Lawton. Bo is a wonderful person. Hadia, you also know Bo and are in community together. And we're going to have him on next week to follow up with uh, his story. And I just thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, in our last couple minutes, do you have any advice or one takeaway that you would want to leave with our listeners? Oh, I think I lost Hadia. Let me see. Are you back on, Hadia? Can you hear me? Ah, yes. I was saying in our last couple minutes, do you have any advice or final closing thought that you would leave, like to leave with our listeners? Um, yeah, I think that, um, you know, just when it comes to wanting to develop your psychic self, you know, if that's something that you have a desire to do, um, understand why you're doing it. Do it, do it from a space of, um, desiring to expand your own spiritual self, wanting to connect to, um, to to the broader to all to all things you know and seeing yourself as you know love pure love energy um, because it's through the love energy that all things manifest um, to its highest good that's the strongest energy to operate from um, to operate out of self and ego you're going to limit what you receive or how you receive things. So do all things with love, unconditional love, and see yourself as connected to all things. And um, and I think you can kind of apply that to, you know, whatever it is that you do. Always do everything, you know, from a space of love, and you'll definitely see whatever it is that you're doing will flourish um, to its highest good. Well, Adia, I thank you this evening for coming on the show. We will be broadcasting this on YouTube as soon as it is available, and you can always catch the rebroadcast here on the Vibrary Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. Join me on Facebook at The Vibrarian, V-I-B-E-R-A-R-I-A-N, 
and on Instagram. And I definitely look forward to you joining me next week as we explore the everyday lives of people who are using their psychic and gifts and abilities. Um, I'm Joelle, and this has been the Psychic Inside Show, and I thank you for listening tonight. Namaste.